What's up, everybody? Welcome into the All 22 NFL podcast. Got to update the screen here, Ray. Uh, it is post Super Bowl <laughs> show. What a great game. I am just sitting here super excited that we got a, a true Super Bowl game. It's been a few years since we had an actual battle like we uh, we now had. Chiefs come out on top. 25-22 was the final score. And Ray, I think I had about two dozen wings, a pound of nachos, half of an Italian sub. So I'm sitting here like surprised I woke up this morning. Didn't have a heart attack. I'm still here. How, how did you enjoy the game? I actually did not have birthday cake um, if you're listening to last episode. But yeah, it was a great game. I mean, I think you're not giving last year's game enough credit. It was a pretty darn good game <laughs> last year also. It was just a little bit more, uh, you know, more bloopery, right? A little more turnovers, a little more mistakes that decided the game as opposed to just outright. We're just going to drive the ball to win the game uh, that we saw from both teams uh, late there. But uh, yeah, man, tons of food, lots of wings. I didn't, I didn't count because I, I didn't know. I didn't know we counted. You know, I didn't know we were keeping score. So uh, I just ate a lot. That was that was it. I was pretty immobile. Mm-hmm. I still am pretty immobile. But uh, yeah, good food, and it was a great game, which you know we're going to get into. Um, I had a blast. I feel like that was the Super Bowl we, we as fans, needed and deserved. Absolutely. Did you count the uh, amount of sleep you got? I think I'm on five hours. Pretty good. I was sleeping so, so good, actually, until, you know, there was a little, you know, baby potty training accident. Well, not potty training, just just. I guess he had too much to eat also. And so it required extra attention than usual come diaper changing time. So there was that. Yeah. My boy, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So let's, let's jump into this game. I think it really was just a, a masterpiece, right? Like I think both teams did a great job. We talked about the things that each team needed to do to be successful, to win this game. And it kind of lined up pretty perfectly to how this game went. So what we said for the 49ers, right? We said for them to win this game, they need to be able to run the ball. They need to limit the turnovers by Brock Purdy, right? Purdy needs to turn the ball over less. And they need to limit Patrick Mahomes' ability to extend plays. That's what we said the 49ers needed to do to win the game. And I'll be honest, I think they did a lot of those things pretty darn well, right? And I think that's why it was such a close game. If you look at the numbers, right, they ran for 110 yards. Purdy did a really great job not turning the ball over. Um, We talked about each team's ability to have poise, right? These are the two teams that throughout the entire playoffs had poise the entire time. CMC fumbles early, right? Like, wasn't Purdy, but CMC fumbled early. Um, The silencer gets hit on the punt return and they fumble the punt return, right? So turnover that way. So we're talking about two early fumble turnovers and then an extra point gets blocked, right? And this is a game that went into overtime. So that extra point mattered, right? So talking about things, holding your poise that would have definitely affected the outcome of this game didn't end up being purdy, maybe like we said it would, but we did talk about that poise that each team needed. And it seems like the 49ers might've lost that battle. Yeah, exactly. When we were discussing their keys, there was no and or. It was and, and, and. They had to do all of those things. Doing most of them is what gets you close against Pat Mahomes. Doing all of them is what allows you to win, and they could not do all of them, right? So if you look at the mistakes and even even the non-mistakes that impacted the game, right? So you mentioned the McCaffrey fumble uh, along with the muff punch. So that's two mistakes 
on the on the side of of uh, the 49ers, right? Then Kansas City also had the Pacheco fumble and they had the Mahomes interception. So you have kind of those two critical mistakes by each team outside of then sort of the 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 missed extra point which turned out to be the equalizer, right? But I think people are going to look at that missed extra point as the sort of as the 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 straw that broke the camel's back, right? That the the one play that really shifted things back in their favor because otherwise the mistakes were equal, right? But I think other plays too, and I mentioned this uh, at the preview episode, how Steve Spagnolo has a history of coming up big in big games like this, right? You give him two weeks to prepare, he's going to stop a great offense or at least slow it down tremendously. And that's what he did. And so even though Brock Purdy didn't necessarily make that game-changing mistake like an interception or something, every time that a, a blitz was dialed up on a key third down, he didn't. He wasn't able to overcome that and make uh, the defense pay. Right when Spagnolo on that um, on the uh, corner blitz uh, from the left side there late in the game to bat the ball down, I think it was, he was looking for a slant. Um, again, Purdy couldn't get through. And then late in the game, Jawan Jennings, who was absolutely dicing up everybody for some reason out of nowhere, here comes Jawan Jennings, like Mister Super Bowl. Um, he was open near the near the goal line late in the game as well, and Purdy couldn't get the ball out to him accurately because of the pressure from that side. And so those weren't mistakes, but that's the difference between these two quarterbacks and what the game comes down to. While he didn't make a mistake, some of those limitations that people discuss with Brock Purdy and sometimes over-discuss what was on display, right? He, he wasn't able to, you know, shift his arm angle and sort of, uh, you know, throw the ball sidearm. Like you see some like the, the Mahomes and Stafford and other quarterbacks do, and just find a way to get the ball out there on target to the receiver. Cause if he was able to do that, if that was an element to his game, that could have been game over right then and there, because that's a first down uh, inside the five and yeah, then all of a sudden, San Francisco 49ers are your Super Bowl champions. So the margins are that thin when the stakes are this high and Pat Mahomes is on the other sideline. So it's not a mistake, but it goes back to what we discussed earlier about how you have to be on your game because that quarterback makes such a difference. Yeah. And so before I even jump into the quarterback discussion, you talked about it being pretty much like there was a lot of equalizers in this game. Both teams ended up having six penalties, which is a lot, right? There was a lot of penalties called in this game. So six penalties, it, it ended up evening out. Um, but you talked about also Steve Spagnolo, you know, uh, game planning for how to silence certain people. George Kittle, I know he got injured later in the game, but he was non-existent in this one, right? Like he did nothing really to, usually he has like 110 yards in a game like this and he, he really wasn't there producing. So a lot of props to Spagnola. Then talking about the quarterbacks, you mentioned Purdy, you know, he missed that touchdown, but there was actually two touchdowns that That's he right. could have thrown, right? And he missed both by by inches, by inches. And you're talking about that being a separator. It absolutely was. So one of the, the last thing we said about the 49ers that they needed to do in order to win this game was to limit Mahomes extending plays, right? They did it as good as anyone I've seen do it through, I think, three and a half quarters of this game, right? But when the game came down to on the line, that final couple drives of the game, we saw that why Mahomes is currently the best quarterback in the NFL and is being talked about in that conversation now as a top five all-time quarterback, right? Like, I don't think I'm ready yet to start calling him the GOAT, right? I think Brady still has a far stretch ahead. 
But I think there's conversations now where we can say, is he better than Peyton? Is he better than Farf and Rogers and Montana, right? Like, I think those conversations are happening because of what he did in those final drives of the game. Yes, the 49ers were just collapsing the pocket. Mahomes was doing what Mahomes always does and tries to get away. They did sack him three times, but even when he was escaping, he wasn't getting big gains, right? They were tackling him two, three yards down the field, uh, you know, limiting that ability to extend. But at the end of the game, they, you know, they weren't able to do it really. And even when they were, Mahomes was just replacing the blitz, right? The blitz was coming from the right. He pops the ball over his head to the running back. The running back goes for 15 yards or a first down. And then Kelsey, right? Kelsey had like one or two catches in the first half, but he ended up with like nine. And it was all down that stretch. It was all down that stretch that he was starting to get involved. And it just was game-changing right that's that's what game-changing talents do and then at the end of the game as well right in the in the in overtime they just did such a good job getting the ball down the field and I really felt I was sitting on the couch next to my dad and my uncle and I said to them I said if the 49ers don't score a touchdown right now they lost this game right like they went for the field goal I get it you need the points but in that moment you just knew with how Mahomes had finished the the you know uh regular time that in overtime, he was going to score that touchdown. So the 49ers just, they had to do it. Yeah, and what's what's interesting too is when you talk about Mahomes extending plays, especially late in the game, like those back-breaking scrambles, I think he had a 19-yard scramble up the middle or whatever it was, right? We talked before the game about how when you just looked across the state of each of these rosters, almost by and large everywhere else, the 49ers had the advantage, right? And I think we posted a... I don't think this was mentioned on the episode, but I, I posted it in response to a reel that we had during the week before the game about how if the 49ers were going to get pressure on Pat Mahomes, which they did, it was going to come from the edges, right? You had Bosa uh, mismatched uh, against Donovan Smith and, and uh, who was a drawn tail on the right side, right? So uh, the 49ers pressure was coming from the edges, right? If Kansas City was going to get pressure on Brock Purdy and affect his rhythm, it was going to be from up the middle. and when you're facing someone like Mahomes, I think it's actually much more important to have that disruption up the middle where he can't sort of just, just find a quick hole in the protection. And that's the quickest way to gain yards from to scramble, right? Is right up the middle. And that's what he did on that 19 yard run. So I think it was actually more important to have gotten pressure up the middle against Mahomes, which didn't happen. It all came from the edges. And sometimes when you get just that edge pressure, that creates some natural running lanes for the quarterback to escape. And Mahomes is going to take advantage of that. Even if he hadn't done it for the first 48 minutes of the game in those final 10, 12 minutes of regulation, it's going to come back to haunt you. And that's, and that's just basically what happened. That's the difference. It's, it's that one area where the 49ers did not have a distinct advantage against the Kansas city offense, right? Because the interior, as we talked about all year is stout with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith in the middle of that offensive line, they're strong, right? That one area where you did not have a clear advantage is what costs you. And yeah, it, it goes back to what we said. You have to be on top of your game everywhere in order to make up for the advantage that they have at quarterback when Pat Mahomes is on the other side of the ball. So they got 90% of the way there, but that, that just wasn't enough. Doesn't that kind of feel like Kyle Shanahan too and what's been happening in his career so far? It's just 90%. He gets 90% of the way there every time and he just comes up just short and it's brutal because he is currently like the coach you would choose right like if you had to choose one coach for your dynasty it's 
probably Shanahan over anyone else because he's also like 20 years younger than the other guys you would maybe consider choosing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. But and and we it goes back to what's kind of held him back from that 10%. You could nitpick some of his decision making and kind of how he called the game. Uh, you know, I mean, he wasn't a head coach then, but you know, you go back to the Falcons versus Patriots, right? A lot of that uh, falls on him. He's gotten a lot of criticism for that. But it's the quarterback. He hasn't had that elite quarterback. And it's not us just bashing Brock Purdy. It's not, I mean, I've given Brock Purdy his flowers. I think when we did our quarterback ranking, I had him in the top top 10 or top 12 uh, overall in the league moving forward. But it's that that next tier of quarterback. He just has not had that. And that's what's held him back. And I think you actually, if you look back late in the game, he was calling plays around Brock Purdy. Meaning like, you know, in baseball, you have a big hitter coming up or you have a big hitter at the plate, you're going to pitch around him, right? You're not going to give him a good pitch to hit. Shanahan was essentially calling the game around uh, Brock Purdy, right? He was leaning much more on McCaffrey. The only time he was really trying to push the ball downfield was I think they had that one third down and to Purdy's credit, he hit that uh, in, in breaking route for first down. So he made the throw. He, he had to at that point in time, but he was leaning on McCaffrey late after going away from McCaffrey, early on in the second half of the third quarter, which he got a lot of criticism for because maybe if they leaned heavier on the run game earlier on, they could have iced the game in the fourth, but they didn't do it. And then late in the game, you saw it in Shanahan's play calling. He was leaning on McCaffrey, leaning on the run and safe throws in the flat un unless he absolutely had to. And on what on the first third down, he absolutely had to. And Purdy delivered with a completion. Then when he absolutely had to on that third down near the goal line, when Jawan Jennings broke open on the out, Purdy couldn't hit him. So it kind of goes to show you, it's basically just a summation of Shanahan's tenure to date about how close he actually gets and just couldn't quite get over that hump. And to Brock Purdy's credit, right? We're saying that we think he's good. We think he's good enough. We think he did a great job in this game, but there are plays that you just kind of sit there and go, oh, if he was a better quarterback, 49ers win this game, like the two missed touchdowns, right? I think he a better quarterback probably makes both those throws. And then there's, uh, you know, the final minutes of the game. Uh, Purdy had an open receiver, but the pocket was collapsing on him. And he goes to pump fake and he loses the ball. Oh, yeah. And he kind of spikes it into the ground, right? And it's like plays like that. It's just, it's the difference, right? It's the difference between winning and losing a football game. Obviously, it's just like a block extra point away from just winning the game but it's also when you have blood in your vein or you know like uh ice oh water gosh. in your veins, ice, ice water in your veins thing is, like yeah. Mahomes does it's just it's hard to win those games it's hard to win against a quarterback like that and i think this is really an interesting you're the gm conversation like we've been having because on one hand you really do have a team that's the best team in the nfl at every single position you know it, as a you know as a group versus the best quarterback in the NFL with, you know, I don't want to, I want to give the flowers to their defense as well. They have a good defense, but it's a good defense with a quarterback. Travis Kelsey's still doing it, but he's getting a little old, right? And that quarterback is literally the difference between George Kittle, McCaffrey, the, the linebackers that San Francisco has and all those good players, Bosa, Chase Young, and Randy Gregory. Like it all almost doesn't matter versus a player like Mahomes. And that's why it's so important. So it does make you ask the question, right? As good as I think Purdy has been, as he has done, he's still on that rookie contract, but the 49ers are going to lose 
Chase Young this offseason. They're going to lose Randy Gregory probably, right? Like they're going to lose a lot of that interior pressure they were getting. What's next for them? How do they how do they improve, right? Because Kansas City's going to improve. Like they're they're gonna lose Chris Jones, probably, which is like I I actually wanted to stop and take a second to say Chris Jones is a monster. He had an amazing game. I think he's the most underrated player on that Chiefs team. He goes out there every single week in the playoffs and he's just a disruptor. They're gonna lose him, right? But they've lost Tyree Kill, they've lost other pieces. And when you lose somebody that makes $30 million a year, what that allows you to do is it allows you to get three guys for $10 million a year, right? And it, and your team is probably better off overall down the road than giving him that money. So they probably lose him. They might lose Legereus Sneed, right? But but they have Mahomes. And right now that seems to be all that really matters. Well, three guys could have been had on the 49ers if they hadn't traded three guys for Trey Lance. But then again, you it's almost like you see why they traded those picks to try and get a quarterback when they did draft Trey Lance because they looked at the state of their roster, said, okay, let's push the chips all in on a difference-making quarterback and see if that can get us over the hump. Obviously, that move did not work out. Brock Purdy kind of saved them from disaster from, from that move not working out. But again, just not quite enough there when the opponent again is is Pat Mahomes. So a lot of questions to be answered. Another one too that's key for the 49ers. There's that I gotta get that clock down. Um Dre Greenlaw's injury. Yeah. Huge. Awful to see. Um that has an impact. He's a key player. Uh you hate to see that happen. But that's another one where going into 2024 now, you you can't count on him. I'm sorry. An Achilles injury suffered in February. You cannot count on that player for the next season at the very least if he ever comes back to be, you know, the same guy he is or, or was. So um, again, just another hit for, for the 49ers moving forward into how they assess their roster and how they want to attack this off season in the next couple of years. Um, but they're still going to be great because they do have a great coach. They still do have a lot of talent on that roster. We saw young players flash. We mentioned him last week leading up to the game. Jair Brown came up with a huge interception, right? Kind of solidified himself as a core piece of that defense uh, over the last month or so. Um, so he also saved the game. Players. He saved the game when Kelsey was running down the sideline, right? Like, and he made yeah. a great tackle. He was hurt. It hurt. It Sacrificed like his it shoulder. Yeah. But, but he did it. That was a great play. And we talked about how like a team like that coached by a coach like that can draft a player that maybe we don't love before the draft. And then we weird. go, all right, I don't love before the draft, but then it, you you kind of go, okay, that guy is probably going to be better than we we thought he would be. But you talked about me. the Greenlaw injury too, and you t I said before, right, Travis Kelsey, the first half really didn't do much. The second half, he blew it open, right? He ended up with like eight catches in the second half and, and overtime. So you talk about that injury and what it does to the matchups that you have. And I'm not saying he was solely responsible for covering Travis Kelsey. He, he wasn't. But it, it's all the other matchups that then have to change that then Travis Kelsey gets open a ton. So it, it was a devastating injury for that defense. And the reason I brought up the you're the GM thing is because now being the 49ers, right, we saw this four years ago. What did they do four years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the Super Bowl and just wasn't good enough to win the game? And they said, will he ever be, right? They looked and they said, we need to find a guy that will be. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but I do think it's a question that the 49ers will will be asking themselves. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine now that they finally have the ability to draft in the first round again. They're going to give away three more for for another quarterback. I don't see that happening. But but yeah, it's you look back at some of the key pieces, right? Like a Trent Williams is a lot older now, right? How much longer is he going to be around and at the top of his game? We we don't want to doubt him. We don't doubt him here, but at some point it's going to happen. So that's a key position, one of the most important pieces on your roster that has to be addressed soon here. Um, it, over the next year or two, at least you have to have a plan in place. So. A lot of questions to for them to answer, but I think the floor still is very high because of how well, despite not having um, you know high draft picks the last couple of years, how well they have drafted and how well they coach that talent that they do bring in. It is a very well-run organization. Most teams or organizations who give up three first-round picks for a quarterback in the draft and it flops don't come close to the Super Bowl for a decade. And they're right back in it. So they're still going to be in the thick of things, but you're going to have, they're going to require a little bit more luck than normal if they want to actually win the Super Bowl over the next couple of years because of some of the, the holes and, and the pieces that they're going to end up losing around the margins of that roster moving forward. Mm -hmm. And now I want to just talk about really quickly what players fantasy stock went up because of this football game, right? Like I think Patrick Mahomes solidified himself again as untradeable. Like he cannot be moved. There's no amount you can give me that would force me to trade him to you. It's never going to happen. Cemented, right? But He's I think there's more than 10%. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's other players like Trent McDuffie. He made a play in the end zone going up and batting the ball down to save one of those touchdown throws that should have happened mm -hmm. where... I was saying, wow, Trent McDuffie just stepped up and, you know, they probably, maybe they do let Snead leave now, right? Because they think that McDuffie's good enough to cover some of these better receivers in the NFL. He was covering Ayuk on that play who, you know, has, has risen up draft boards recently, right? So I think he's a player that stock goes up. We talked about Brown, the safety on the 49ers. Looks great. Maybe you had him on, you know, fourth string, third string on your bench, but now maybe you're thinking maybe that's a guy I could start next year, right? But is there anybody else from your perspective that, uh, who stock rose or even even sank? I guess. Oh, sink is sink is 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 strong, but I mean, obviously, again, because of injury, Greenlaw. I'm I'm scared if I have him on, and I think I do have a couple shares of him on some rosters. That's just that's just a tough injury uh, to come back from. Chris Jones just solidified himself. I mean, not that solid, he was always solidified, but maybe ease some concerns. Some people are looking around. Oh, he's 30 years old now. Maybe it's time to move. I'm not moving that guy. You when you trade superstar sometimes it's very hard to just get the value back. And while defensive interior we mentioned has slowly seen more talent enter the league after a few draft classes of, of being just relatively weak at the top, right? We're starting to see some more good young players at that position. That's a really hard guy to replace if you're trying to contend over the next couple of years. So I think I, I wouldn't say it rose, but Chris Jones just reminded you why he is at the top of his game. I actually do want to go back and, and watch my recording because I want to watch some of the interior guys uh, a bit closely on, on the offensive lines too. But I think really you, you mentioned it. We talked about Jair Brown. Uh, I think Chris Jones as well. And I mean, I don't know who that was that, that possessed Jawan Jennings, but if he plays like that forever or, or you know, not forever, but if he plays like that moving forward, that's a heck of a player. I mean, I don't know what his contract status is. Obviously they have, um, Debo and IU can have their other weapons there that they primarily focus on in that offense. Jawan Jennings was absolutely dealing last night and could have had a big game if he saw more targets. Um, so that's just another one that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him now moving forward to see what happens with Jawan Jennings.
any last thoughts on what was a great Super Bowl game? Just that it was a great Super Bowl game, and I kind of wish we had the Pro Bowl this coming week so we could just kind of relax and enjoy mindless football. But um, yeah, phenomenal game. We talked about it before. You don't bet against Michael Jordan, and he showed why you don't bet against Michael Jordan. Agreed. And uh, we do have some exciting stuff, right? The combines in a couple weeks, people are going to be eating that stuff up. We have a quarterback episode that we need to wrap up, right? So we're going to do that at some point, maybe this week, I hope. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to be doing draft reviews of all of the positions. So that that stuff's going to be coming. Um, besides that, we are live for sign up. So if you do not have an All22 membership yet, go to all-22.com to sign up, start creating leagues, invite your friends, get in there and start playing what is the best fantasy football game on the market. And we do have some big announcements that we can't talk about yet, but I think by the end of this month, we're going to have some big news. So people, if you haven't yet, go sign up because you're going to want to be a part of this in the future. Um, besides that, thanks for joining us, right? We're super excited that you know the game was great and to have you here talking football with us. Um, if you don't yet, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, Facebook. at all 22... <laughs> I always forget about Facebook because I can't tell you the last time that I went on Facebook, but you know, I appreciate whoever is running our Facebook account. Yeah, um, it's clearly not you. So, <laughs> all right. Good to know. So all 22 underscore PFF, that's our handle for those. So again, thanks for tuning in.